Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Hi, welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today, and I thank you for joining us. This is going to be, I promise, a very engaging conversation today with our guest, Trooper Brad Moon of Cathlamet. Did I say that correctly? Cathlamet, yes. Cathlamet. Washington, the state of Washington, folks, if you're driving your car in Ohio, don't pull over and thinking I'm in the wrong, uh, the wrong radio reception area. You are listening to WNPQ in the greater Northeast Ohio area, but we want you to enjoy this conversation with a very unique family. So may I call you Brad Sargent? Yes. Okay. And you are here with your lovely wife, Shauna. Is that correct, Shauna? Yep, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Have you folks ever had the opportunity to, to visit Ohio? No, we haven't been out there. We took a trip uh, into the Midwest a little bit earlier this year uh, in April to Kansas and Missouri and got a little bit into Illinois, but haven't made it over to Ohio before. Well, I'm pretty sure most of the people listening have not made it to Kathlamet, Washington, either. So, so we're all on even ground here. <laughs> what are the advantages of living? The advantages that you feel you have living in Washington, the state of Washington? Well, we both kind of grew up in the Portland area, and the area we're in now is a little more of a rural area. We're right along the Columbia River. We actually can look across the river and see Oregon from where we're at. It's just kind of a, a rural area, and. Uh, small town living or kids go to a high school that's only got about 150 people in it and you kind of know all your neighbors and you see Mm -hmm. them out doing stuff and everybody goes to the Friday night football game together. It's kind of just a nice small town feel and and we love it out here. Uh, That's great. And and for boys to be able to get out and hike and be out uh, roughing it sometimes, that's that's really important for them growing up, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it is. And we have a river that runs just uh, right along our back yard and they go fishing and swimming and all sorts of the fun things that keep them outside and keep them active. We we really like it. And you are a trooper. So you are running the roads and, and occasionally having to pull people over. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. So we're going to be praying for you on that because I know it's become a more and more dangerous job and we want you to stay safe. But your personality is extremely kind and gentle and so I imagine when people meet you they aren't nearly as afraid as someone because just because they're getting a ticket it's not going to be the worst day of their lives right? Well usually contact with law enforcement isn't somebody's best day of their life Um, (laughs) but uh, the the job has definitely changed I've been doing it for 17 years and the things in our world and our our country do have changed somewhat and and it's a different job but but I do enjoy it and I tend to have I believe throughout my career I've had fairly positive interactions with the public, uh, even though, again, it's not necessarily one of their best days. Well, it could be that you just give them a warning. Does that ever happen? Oh, certainly does, yes. <laughs> Good, okay. And, Shawnee, you probably are praying for him on a regular basis as he goes out the door, right? Yes, yes, we do that, almost yeah. daily. Well, Brad, you you had some rather unusual work that you did uh, se- several weeks ago now. You came upon the Fisher family after their truck and trailer, I think a Winnebago, flipped over in Washington State. I believe it was because the road was wet and damp and they, they their tires kind of sank 
and it made the trailer go right over. Is that right? Uh, basically right. They were driving down the road. Ben Fisher uh, told me that uh, he hit something he thought was in the road, a rock or something, and started to drift to the right, and their tires got stuck in the dirt, and it, which sucked them into a ditch, and their truck and their uh, fifth wheel completely flipped over upside down in the ditch. Wow. And so were you the only person that arrived uh, upon that call? I wasn't the only person arrived. I was one of the first people on scene um, from a, as a first responder. There were some generous people that actually witnessed or came upon the fishers that uh, happened to be just driving by that helped uh, get them all out of the vehicle before I arrived. So the entire family was out of the vehicle, but I was one of the first emergency vehicles on scene mm-hmm. and one of the first to actually make contact with them. I think there were a couple of volunteer firefighters that were out with them as well. And no one was hurt? Right? No, nobody was hurt in the collision. They were they were really lucky because again, it was their their vehicle went down about 10, uh, ten feet down into a ditch, and like I said, it was completely their their truck was completely upside down. Matter of fact, uh, one of them actually kind of got out through the sunroof wow. as they were trying to get out of the vehicle. That was the the main uh, evacuation point. <laughs> so you are studying this family as they get out and listening to what's going on and thinking where from now they certainly weren't they weren't going to be able to drive away in that unit and right yeah the the, the truck and the the fifth wheel were completely totaled and started talking to them and quickly obviously picked up on the their accent and had a brief conversation with them and they started to inform us that they were for me and I had a couple of troopers that arrived but they were talking to me and telling me that they were on a, a 50 state tour and we got some of the, the basics, and uh, a couple of the, the younger kids were pretty distraught over the collision and what had occurred. And after about 15 minutes on scene and starting some of the preliminary stuff of getting tow trucks and stuff started, it started to, to kind of sink into me that, okay, this family's here, and <laughs> what, what are they going to do? They didn't really have a plan. They don't mm-hmm. know. They're not from the area. They didn't have any friends or anybody to rely on. And so that's when it kind of started to sink into me that uh, this was a, a little bit different than some of my normal situations. Yeah, I would say so. And they, you said a, a 50-state tour. They were from Germany, and they were traveling through 50 states. Where, what were they on the countdown? So they were actually just two miles from hitting state number 49 of the 50. Yes. Uh, they had been in Washington for, I believe, four or five days doing various things and were the the place that they crashed was just two miles before uh, about a four mile long bridge that leads into Astoria, Oregon, which Oregon would have been their 49th state. So they were that close to hitting the last of the contiguous states. The only state that they hadn't been to yet was Hawaii. And so that's how, that's how close they were basically to finishing, uh, finishing their original goal. That's amazing. How long had it taken them to get all the way through those 49 states? Or so They started in August of 2018, and the collision occurred on July 5th. So okay. just, just under a year, the, the whole plan, and, and if uh, I think you probably are going to talk a little bit about it, they have their own YouTube site that is, is titled 50 in 365. In other words, they were trying to hit all 50 states in 365 days. Through subsequent discussions, as we're going to talk about here, they they revealed that due to some of the expenses they had along the trip, they had already pretty much determined that they weren't going to be able to make Hawaii just because of the expense and the time. But mm-hmm. uh, 
they they hit every other state up until the point that they crashed. That's amazing, and I can't. There really probably are not a lot of Americans who have done that. So that's that's quite an undertaking. And you felt um, very comfortable with them, and I think made a phone call to your wife, uh, Shauna. Can you tell us about that? Well, sure. He'd gone to work. He was working night shift. It was a holiday weekend, and I was just home with my kids doing laundry, getting ready to make dinner. And the phone rings, and I missed the first time. I thought, oh, he just left. Good grief. (laughs) (laughs) What do you forget, and what do I have to take to him? (laughs) And then I finished putting some laundry away, and it rang again, and I'm like, okay, he has to talk to me. So I answered the phone, and he's like, "Uh, what are you doing? (laughs) And uh, he, he said, I need you to unload the Suburban and come out here. I'm just short of the bridge. And I was like, you know, my initial reaction was like, really? Are you crazy? And then, uh, and then he said, no, I really need you. This family is stuck and they don't, the rental car places are closed. It, you know, it was late uh-huh. on a Friday night. And, um, and so I said, okay. And I went and unloaded my Suburban out of everything and told the boys, make yourselves dinner and got <laughs> in the car and started driving. So it takes about... 45 minutes to an hour to get to where they were from our house. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of time to think, well, what are we going to do? And, you know. So we you go. were actually thinking about the possibility of them coming to be with you somehow, that you would provide some home, some shelter. Had Brad, you, you had mentioned that to her already, or were you hoping that she would fall in love with them and make that suggestion herself? Well, um, we had had a brief discussion. I told her that I felt that we needed to do something to help them out. And uh, this, again, this area that they, they crashed in was near the Oregon border, but there were no rental car companies in Astoria that were going to be open throughout the weekend. Okay, again, this was Friday of the July 4th holiday. So it was the 5th of July. So it was a long weekend and people were out of town. We did find that there was a, a town um, about an hour and a half away from where they were that did have rental cars, but they weren't going to be open until the following day. So we had briefly discussed on the phone this potential of trying to help them out or maybe putting them up for a night, and then it, things kind of transitioned from there. Okay, so you're, you already have, according to what you've already said, a, a nice-sized family. You've got six people living in your house, and four of them are boys growing. So that's uh, kind of what I call a bounce house. You know, you've got a lot of things going on. <laughs> And you are picking up a family that also has four children. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you're you're going to put twelve people in a six. Yeah, twelve people in in your house, but you don't necessarily have the room. So what's plan B on that? So my parents live across the street from us, <laughs> and um, when they built their house, they built a, an extra building onto the house. It's actually connected, and it's a half court basketball gym. You know, I really thought I was going to go pick these these folks up and take them to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm driving. But, um, yeah, as it evolved and I got there and realized, I, I pulled Brad over after, oh, 15, 20 minutes of talking to him and being around them. And I said, you know, what's the rule? <laughs> can, <laughs> can we just take them home? Because, I mean, to drive another hour and a half and then it's going to be midnight. And yes. anyway. Yeah. I said, what's the rule? Can, can I do this? I'm like, it won't be you. It'll be me. I'll invite him. Because um, I didn't want him to have any issues at his job. Yeah. And, you know, and he was like, well, I think it's fine. So I called my parents from the scene and said, you can say no, but here's what we have. 
And they were like, oh, absolutely, of course. And they let this family come and stay in their gym. And so um, I arranged it. I called them, and then I called my children, and I said, you guys need to go get all of our camp cots and air mattresses and bedding and pillows and take it over to Grandma and Grandpa's gym and get it all set up for six people. Wow. And they were like, amazing. okay. (laughs) Oh, I love that. They were okay. (laughs) And so we got off the phone, and I went back to Ben and Melanie, and I said, why don't you just come stay with us? And and they were very um, humble and not wanting to impose. They were not imposing people. And their first reaction was, oh, no, you've already done so much. We'll just go get in a hotel. I had it set up so that I could say, no, we've already got it ready. Uh-huh. It's already ready. So uh-huh. I kind of figured that would be their reaction. And then they were like, oh, well, since it's ready, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it was good. It was good. Oh. You are listening to an incredible story. It's um, wonderful to have with us Brad and Shauna Moon. Brad is a trooper in the state of Washington, and and he's sharing this story about a German family who had great needs. We're going to come back to that right after the break. This is Jill Taylor. I'm your host at Choose Life Radio. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. Would love to hear from you. You can reach out and connect through our website, chooseliferadio.com. All of our contact details are there for you, including Jill's direct email, our phone number, postal address, and even our social media links. Jill would like to hear your story or have you share your thoughts. So meet up with us today at chooseliferadio.com. Welcome back, friends, to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and I certainly do hope you will avail yourself of our website, chooseliferadio.com. That's where you can listen to the podcasts and share them with your friends. But today we have someone live, and we're speaking to someone in Washington, not Washington, D.C., but the state of Washington. So we're we're scrolling all the way across the continent here. And I don't know if I had told you this before, Brad and Shauna, but I'm a, a native Californian, so I'm used to the West Coast and the time zones. So they're getting up uh, early enough for us to be able to capture them today. And I appreciate that so much. Before we get to too far off on the story, let me refresh you in case you missed some of the first half of this program I'd like to do it with a rather familiar parable from Luke, where a good Samaritan comes upon a man who has, he's in bad stead, he's been beaten up, he's not in good shape, and the Samaritan provides for him care and a place to recuperate, and then he goes on his way, and as he comes back, he pays for all the bills, all the medical needs that that took place. And when Jesus tells us this story in Luke, it's because he has been asked the question, who is my neighbor? And I think that his his message to us in that parable is, even the stranger is our neighbor. And you have run across a family that is here from a totally different country. Can you um, share a little about this family of six and and what you found out about them in terms of their faith and their why they had this desire to travel across 49, 50 states, if at all possible, to take their kids through America. Can you share with us that, Brad and sure. Shana? Uh, sure. Um, so the, uh, the Fisher family actually had kids that were fairly similar in age to us. There are three boys and one girl. They... 
they were they're full of life. They have a lot of uh, of adventure in them. Obviously, taking this trip, it was fairly evident for, um, early on that they were a really close knit family. Of course, you would kind of have to be to be in the living situation that they had been for the last year, mm-hmm. and without really anything, you know, to to cement you down in any one area. But uh, you could tell that there was that family bond, and that was one of the things that struck me really early on. And made me really consider and look at them in the light of what would my family do if we were in the middle of Europe and, and had something yeah. turned over. They they obviously uh, were a, a family of a strong conviction and, and had some, had faith that the Lord would provide for them, and, and I guess that we ended up being part of an instrument for that, and uh, it, it was it was just a, a truly incredible experience to, to meet them and to get to know them and, and culturally some of the differences and, and the similarities as well. And just, uh, you know, that basis on faith was a, a lot of the stuff. You know, we found ourselves, you know, having family prayers at meals and stuff together with them and just doing those kind of things that uh, that really kind of drew us together over the time that they were here, which uh, ended up being a total of six days. So it was great. Were all four of your boys uh, living at the, in the house at that time as well? None of them were in college or? Right. Our oldest son is a senior in high school this year. So we have three in high school and then a fourth grader. And so... They they had kids that ranged from I think sixteen down to seven, and so their their family maybe overall was just a little younger, but uh, you know sixteen year old boy fit right in, and they, all the way down they 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 got along really well. As a matter of fact, their youngest seven year old uh, named Eli is uh, the same name as my second oldest, and he's seventeen right now. Aww. And so the the we would refer to them a lot that whole time as where are the Eli's at because little Eli. <laughs> would like literally clamp on to my Eli and they would walk everywhere together and he'd want to drag him around. So even though my kid kids had summer jobs and things that they were doing uh, when they weren't there, they were here helping out and, and playing or doing whatever they could to, to keep things moving along. And how long did they end up staying with you? It was six days in total. The crash happened on a Friday and they left the following Thursday afternoon. Wow. And they went on into Oregon? Right. They after they left our house, they they were able to use that time to consolidate a lot to move into uh, a minivan is what they ended up doing, and so they had to take care of a lot of their stuff that they had and and consolidate it down, and then went on their trip from our place and and headed straight down into Oregon. They actually during the trip had been able to do some shopping in Oregon, so they had actually made it as a family into the state together. So that worked out. So can you tell us a little bit about the YouTube channel that they have? and Because you got a chance to maybe watch a few of the, the episodes. Right. Uh, the, the YouTube channel, the 50 and 365, we, when they were here, we actually, I started to have an interest, and I went back and watched some of the things that they had done up until the point that we met them, obviously. Since then, they've posted several of the days that they've been with us, and then with their finally going back to Germany. I think they're just behind on trying to catch back up over there. So they've uh, they've caught up to most of the time that they were here with us but haven't finished the trip. And some of that had to do with the fact, too, that once they were outside of their, their fifth wheel, they had a pretty good little Wi-Fi thing set up there for other uploads, and they, uh, they kind of fell behind with <laughs> keeping things updated. But they were constantly videoing and filming things, and it was, it was fun to try and, and it, to go back and see some of the things that they had done previously that brought them, you know, ended up being to our door. Yeah. You mentioned something to me when I spoke to you earlier about their faith and the reason that they were wanting their kids to be exposed to the various states in America. Can you share that? Well, um, 
Ben and Melanie talked about how they were growing up and had a very different view of America than Ben and Melanie had. The children were not getting the same perspectives that they had had because they had lived here prior, the parents had. And they felt that it was really important for their kids to see reality. And so they took that big leap of faith and sold off most of their belongings and came to the States and decided to travel. And that's amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. I can't imagine doing that. And they live in a secular country that that doesn't teach religion and, Mm -hmm. and doesn't do anything really with family even. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was interesting, even at the, at the crash scene, when I was there, the kids were talking about how amazed they were that no one was hurt and it's a miracle. And, and that type of thing. And as they were here with us, we learned that they'd had a lot of that mm-hmm. on their trip mm-hmm. and it brought them together as a family. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think it's amazing to see that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Yeah. Long ago, when our youngest was in college, my husband made a trip for us to go see our daughter who was working in Germany, and she spent a year uh, being a dorm person for a, a Christian school. So we went over and spent quite a bit of time with her traveling, and it was palatable. The um, the openness of a lot of stuff that you wouldn't see on the streets, the pornography, the drinking, uh, all of the stuff that, you know, that really we wouldn't see and our kids wouldn't be exposed to. But then also the emptiness of the churches. They're beautiful churches and no one attends them. Right. And so I, I think that is so sweet of them to include the effort of letting their kids be exposed to the country that is built on faith and that we hope they go home and pray for us because we know that there are many things about us that are are not attractive in our faith and our lack thereof. So I'm sure they got a good dose of seeing God at work in your family. Very sweet of you to have done this. Well, it was a, it was a fun experience and, and it was a summer adventure and we didn't even have to go anywhere. It was great. <laughs> And I do love your grand your 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 parents and the kids' grandparents because having never seen them, I love that response of "Hey, this is fine. We can do this," uh, and and it it proves that family is best uh, operating when we can be close to each other. I think that's a real gift you have, as well. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. Brad, I just want to touch on a couple of things here with you because we are praying on a regular basis for those who serve not only in the military but serve in law enforcement here in our country. And so I just feel that this is a time when there's a tremendous need for us to be praying for and protecting our police. I'm very upset with what's happening in New York. It bothers me tremendously. And I just would want to know, what can we specifically be praying for as a nation, for those who are wearing the uniform and making stops and out late at night when your family is hoping that everything's going well? Well, I, I, I appreciate your thoughts. And, and you know, the, the prayers always help. I'm a believer in that. And just for the general overall safety of, you know, the officers, the, those that are out and serving in uniform, um, either for our military or, or domestically, that that we can have the safety and the the awareness of the things that are going on around us to be able to be able to appropriately deal with 
those situations that are in, in the best public interest, but also the, the safety of the officers and, and those that are involved in the situations. It's uh, definitely a dangerous career, and everybody knows that about police officers. I guess uh, I have learned a lot more about that as I as I spent more time and and seen uh, some friends uh, killed in the line of duty or get injured in the line of duty and had some experiences myself. Um, every day, it's some of those things that. Uh, when I when I got into the job, I I talk to my wife and I I say goodbye to her and I tell her I love her every day because you never know when that day that you come you know you're not going to come back but you just keep praying that things go right and so far they have but sometimes things can change in in an instant we just got to be you know vigilant about the things that we can be and and aware and try and do the best that we can in these situations. And I think one of the things I want to end on too is that the sweetness of the reality that when you have someone there like like you Brad as troopers those who came also to help when we're in a bad situation and we're in a remote place it's our policy to do everything we can to help get you safely on your way one way or another. So I, I just love this story. It uh, hit me really hard when I read it uh, in the newspaper, and I'm so grateful for you two taking the time to share this with us. Thank you. Is there anything specifically we can pray for you, Shauna, and your family, your your guys, and your your mom and dad? I just I just wanted to add. Just remember that those police officers, they're people, and they have families. And yes, their job is to enforce the law. But it's to keep people safe, but they're still human beings. Right. And I think people lose sight of that. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing, I think, for me. And spoken from a wife who adores her husband and wants people to treat him nicely. <laughs> so I think that is a great way to end our program. Thank you so much for being guests with us today. And those of you who have been around the table listening with us, thank you for joining us on Choose Life Radio. It is about life, and it's about the the kindness of life and the, the incredible gift of coming alongside of strangers and being there for them. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today, and we do thank Brad and Shauna Moon for joining us all the way from Washington, the state, and we're glad to have had you with us. Thanks for being here, folks. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.